this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. I mean, like when we start talking, like, uh, yeah, like right here. Well, it's about to fade out, so here we go. Sound fix. Don't worry about sound. Sound is not my function. Oh, no, it's over. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mac. And this is Chris Mac. And this is Pete. I mean, Pat. <laughs> yeah. I'm Pete this week. <laughs> Mr. Grabowski, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right, I guess. Yeah. Is this how Pete talks? Kind uh, of. No. Yeah. No. It's, no. It's, it's more blunt and boulderish. I hate you. <laughs> there needs to be more stone to you. Nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Go away. Just wait until you see our, our, our ten-word reviews for Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, like his, his, his bit is classic. <laughs> classic boulder. Welcoming you to episode 91 of the Shred Shack podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, and Google Play for now. Soon to be more. Yay. As well as on YouTube at youtube.com slash theshredshack and youtube.com slash adamantstemplum. Let's get started with some old business. I don't have the old business clip on there yet. I, Fucking fail gun. This for, is how you treat me when I come down to visit. For right? story, for some reason, my tablet was not accepting new sound clips, so I had to um, revamp everything, and I've only put in so many new clips. So. Unacceptable. Well, I, I had to make room for some good clips, okay? So, uh... You need an agent? I am now your agent. There you go. Was that relevant to this, or no, did no, you just... No, no, he's just throwing out some random shit. Just really wanted this. to hear Grunkle stand there. Put up your deuce, you bald fiend! <laughs> I have more hair than you. I know you do. <laughs> you don't need Except to remind me. on your me. face, but man. <laughs> dude, it's looking, it's looking grisly. That's called displacement. I like it. I like one of those, um... One of those things called, with, with the uh, the magnetic pen that you change the hairstyle well, on. Willy, willy. Yeah, that's you. I, I thought they had a different name, but either way, that's that, that's me. Yeah, I, I even you're like a reverse chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> like hair, like like less hair on the top, and then it just grows on the face. That is exactly what I meant. Yeah, that's, a, that's yes. a, the exact reverse. Yeah, you, <laughs> when you water the wrong side of the chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you cover the face with the seeds? I wanted something different, Mom. That's what happens when you waterboard your chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Bob Ross. I got Robin Williams instead. <laughs> no. That's why chia pets don't have arms. <laughs> <laughs> so this has nothing to do with... You want Bob Ross, but you got Rick Rubin instead. <laughs> so, let's go on to old business then. Sorry, there is no old business. So let's go on to new business then. But let's first have a random, like, tangent and diatribe before we carry on. <laughs> Why not? Pat's here for a reason. I am a living random tangent and diatribe. So why not just change that to the podcast? Okay. So when we start talking about new business, we talk about new album releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not listen to anything new this week. Looks like Chris, you have something. I got one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had two songs on it. <laughs> um, the new self-titled EP, debut EP from The Weapon, which is um, Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage, is a new hardcore slash punk band. And it's really good. Especially because it gives him a little bit more room to do stuff a little bit freely. Because um, he's mentioned before 
that when he does stuff with Kill Switch Engage, it's very polished and perfect and everything. What he said he did here is for both songs, he went in there, did three takes for each song, and just picked the best one. That's a good way to go about things, I guess. Yep, he said he was on 45 minutes. So, <laughs> Wow. Instead of going with Kill Switch Engage and probably redoing things over and over again. I mean, yes, yeah, sometimes... I'm sorry, I just got distracted. I just realized, I've been looking at this thing over there by your stereo the whole time, wondering what it was. It's DDP Yoga. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just, I just realized that now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, sometimes you don't need to like really do takes over and over and over again, because even when recording stuff for our channel and whatnot, I'll record things, I'll, rec I'll record something and I'll say, like, oh, that kind of sounded like shit, and then I'll record it again and go back, like, the first time was actually better. So you don't necessarily need to. It's it might sound just as good, but it might still sound like shit. It's just better shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the amount of shit really depends on how you listen to it. Mm -hmm. And if it's poorly received, they can be like, "Oh man, you should have heard what we left on the cutting room floor." Yeah, <laughs> that's that that's shit. that's the single worst thing that a band can say. It's like you know what we had all this gold just lying around, and we decided to just give you scraps. Death magnetic and beyond magnetic. Reload. Sure, <laughs> not really. No. Epic loud, um, epic louder. Huh? Epic, uh, epic Loud and Epic Louder. Mm -hmm. Was there an Epic Louder? There was an there Epic was, Louder. Yeah. And it had some very good songs on it. I love Devin Townsend's box set. The Containers box set, was it? Yeah. The one with all four records. And then the, he has CDs as like stuff that was stuff before it was stuff. Yeah. It's all demos and shit. That stuff is great. <laughs> some of it's really good. I have it, but I haven't really listened to it. So. Um, I have one. Oh. Uh, Visions of Atlantis. Ooh, okay. uh, we got an advanced copy of their new album, uh, "The Deep in the Dark." It's called, and it's uh, really fantastically made. Like I was never a huge fan of them, but because I, I I'm always like a wash in a sea of female fronted symphonic bands with operatic singers. Visions of Atlantis, their new album is really really disturbing in some instances. Like it's in a good way. Like it really has the songs really have a lot of character to them, and mm -hmm. I think that's really good. The title track is really amazing, um, and uh, I was glad that I actually got a physical copy of that so that I could you know put something in my collection besides like old stuff from like here. We hear that you like uh, this band that nobody listens to. So here's one thing we didn't do. Who is this guy? Oh hi, <laughs> I'm Pat. If you don't know who Pat is, you're not paying enough attention. <laughs> what did I say we didn't introduce him. Like we introduced everybody else on the show. Oh, Hello. Oh wait, wait. Well, because he, he he runs this shit. Oh, here we go. I gotta play this clip. Here comes a new challenger. Prepare to die. Uh, I need the I need the fucking X Men one. Yeah, yeah I am Magneto. Welcome to, to die. die, Master of Magnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Pat. I run uh, Shred Shack Radio with Matt and Reese up in Brookville, New York. We do a show every week on 89.7 FM, mywcwp.org. And uh, I send Dan albums like every couple of months, just in a giant-ass box. This is the Pat Gessner from the Pat Gessner Box of Fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing you're going to know him from. Because <laughs> he has no other affiliation with us. No. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I, li I live in the woods and come out every couple of months to visit. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, um, I, I figured people would know who he was because... Oh, okay. Well, if they didn't, they know now. Yeah. Hi, I'm Pat, and I'm here. And, and, and he's wearing a shirt like mine. Yes. Did we call each other last? <laughs> <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> 
Well, I think you you guys got the more updated one. No, no I got I got yours. Oh, you got the prototype? Yeah, yeah. I got the prototype. I got the cease and desist one. But <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Cease and desist logo? Yeah. Because yep. this one's very much like Bullet Club's logo. Yeah. And that one is a lot more artistic freedom Yeah, every, actually everything has been changed on yes. this logo, thankfully. Yeah. Um, obviously, the only thing that would really bring it back to that is the the text yes but you but know, the text is a basic text that you found yeah online, yeah it's, so. a, it's a it's a widely available yeah. font so um, so there's that yeah yeah but i changed everything excellent yeah <laughs> oh and have you guys talked about visigoth no you should it's awesome new visit new visigoth album is really good this is the part where we put the stamp on the screen because actually this is recording right now. Yeah, are you putting the stamp I'll, on the I'll put, screen? I'll put the stamp on screen. Guaranteed doesn't suck, Pat Gessner. There you go. <laughs> buy that song, shit. Buy that shit. Buy, song buy, buy, buy. Warrior Queen makes it all the worth it. So, <laughs> Visigoth, buy that shit. Visigoth, buy that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just randomly do that throughout Bison the show. Bucks <laughs> and Brave New World sense. <laughs> no, Brave New World Bucks stays the same. Bison, Bison Bucks is another form of currency. Where's M. Bison from? Where's Raul Julia from? <laughs> I can't answer that. I got nothing. Isn't Bison from USSR or more than likely? Probably yeah. just the way he Probably. dresses. Yeah, Bison Bucks from the USSR band. There you go. Um, so now that we're done with new releases, let's talk about what else we've been listening to this week. Um, Pat, I want you to tell the story of what Spotify suggested you listen to on the plane ride over here. Uh, <laughs> which one? Oh, the, 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 the first one before you even took. Oh, off. Okay. So, so I'm an, kind of a nervous flyer. I'm down here visiting San Antonio because I kind of like you people sometimes. Sometimes. And, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, except, and, when, except when you call us you people. Yeah, well, you are you people. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? I mean you people. <laughs> <laughs> Bearded guys who look very much the same. Wow, that's... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing for that. Literally got nothing. Literally have nothing. <laughs> All right. So I'm kind of a nervous flyer. Like when we take off, I listen to Spotify on the way over here. And the first three songs that were suggested that I play, um, one of them was Fly by Blind Guardian. And I'm like, cool, accurate, nice, appropriate. I don't remember what the second one was, but the third one was Lavatory Love Machine by Ed Guy. And I'm like, oh, that's what I want to hear right before I take off. A song about a plane crashing and a guy trying to hook up in the bathroom. I was going to say, as long as I don't listen to anything by Leonard Skinner or yeah. Buddy Holly, I think you're all right. <laughs> say, or, or anything or Stevie off. Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Or, or, or Early Quiet Riot or the first two Ozzy albums. <laughs> oh Nothing involving Randy Rhodes whatsoever. No. Yeah, yeah. Just to stick away, stay away from anything that involves flying. Yeah. <laughs> That includes like anything Sabaton involving flying. That includes also Red Baron Blue Max. I can't yeah. listen to No Bullets Fly? No. 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 They got out of that story no. all right. No. You can listen to Primo Vittorio. This is high. No. No good. No bueno. <laughs> no, 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 no bueno. No. No. Definitely not. Anything about flying. Except for Blind Guardian Fly, because that's about Peter Pan. That's cool. That is. That's yeah. okay. that's and, okay. you know, from what I can tell, they actually make it to Neverland. That'd be a really short story. It would be. <laughs> Come fly with me, Wendy. And then it turns out she like got totally distracted just, yeah. thinking about happy thoughts and fell it just crashed she into totally Big Ben. Forgot, like and then totally thought about that time she stubbed her toe and was like was walking to bed and plummeted like, into bam, the water. Done. <laughs> there goes my happy thought. <laughs> Shit. And then you know when her brothers see all that, all their happy yeah. thoughts are gone, so they drop too. 
good short story. <laughs> Yet Peter Pan flies higher. <laughs> so suddenly feeling relieved. There's like this massive weight off his chest. Is this where we find out that Peter Pan is a serial killer? <laughs> I think that that's like the premise of it too. Yeah. Is that he's like because he never gets young, but then he brings all these kids and like murders them or something like that. I don't remember that being the basis for the Blind Guardian song, but I feel yeah, like yeah. it does make it they slightly must creepier. Up the Disney version. Wow! So back on track. Did we have a track? So, so Pat, what else have you been listening to this week? Um, well, I've been. <laughs> We actually had a lot of new releases that we've been playing on the show. Uh, I forgot to upload this week's show because I'm an idiot and I was preoccupied with visiting you people. There <laughs> <laughs> he goes again. Uh, watching you, us together. Like probably probably load that tonight then. One thing that I would uh, actually recommend unironically, uh, I don't know when the album comes out, but there's a new Striper out. And they released the single for it. It's called Take It to the Cross. Mm. And it's one of the more aggressive songs I think they've ever put out. It's Striper a- is not a very aggressive band. They are like cheesy, like '80s hair metal. Well, with, with an album like "To Hell with the Devil," that sounds like they should be, but like yeah, but it's it's they genuinely mean that. Like they'd throw Bibles out into the crowd and stuff. I'm just imagining someone saying that, but like with like like poofed out hair and very. Like brightly colored yeah. tights. To on. hell with the devil! Have you yeah. seen their outfits? In their <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah, the bumblebee outfits. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think they still wear those, and if they do, I th- honestly, more credit to them. I think I read somewhere that recently they were considering doing like a anniversary tour. I think probably for that that album and wearing the, the original outfits or something like that. If they still fit, more power to them. F and A. Well, I think Michael Sweet still looks pretty good for his uh, for his age. The other ones, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't look any worse than Blackie Lawless. Oh God, that cod piece. Mm. That's a new Stretching release. The limits. That's a new release that we actually got sent to us. I haven't listened to it yet because I don't have the heart to tell anybody that I genuinely don't care about Wasp. I will listen to it just because I like the last album. All right, but I mean, I I can see myself liking them. It's just. He looks so bad right now. He does. <laughs> and he made fun of Brian Posehn when he tried to interview him as a kid. Oh, that was... Um, or was that the guitarist? That was Chris Holmes, was his name? Yeah, it was Chris Holmes. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else? Um, new stuff from Arcona is very good. Oh. Um, you covered them before. Yes, I did. Arcona's stuff is very... Uh, it's like, you know, depressing folk. Mm-hmm. But the sound they have is, is crazy. The singer is like this... like ridiculously has this ridiculously powerful voice that you wouldn't expect coming from her mm-hmm. and uh, the stage show is great so I actually want to see a lot of these songs performed live especially uh, Storm I really want to see that like in person I haven't seen them in a while I'd really like to get that back on that I haven't been to a good folk metal show in a while I can't say I've been to one anytime recently yeah. so <clears throat> they're fun okay. except when they're, except when they're not like if it's stuff like Usually that's what happens. Though. Yeah, it's fun except when it's not. <laughs> that, did I just describe everything? Like everything ever? Yeah, it's like it's a fifty-fifty shot. It's fun, whatever you do, except when it's not. Chris, what have you been listening to this last week? I re-listened to Philip H and Summo and the Illegals, that their newest record. Randomly listened to Drew's Priest screaming for vengeance, just because it was on the iPod. I was like, hell yes, and of course the iPod on shuffle. So 
nothing really planned or specific except for that. I'm gonna say the same thing just because like I've been just cycling through my iPod finding random stuff to listen to. Yeah. Um, I actually went onto the skateboard site recently and saw all the things that I've been missing. So I'm like, crap, I have to catch up. Yeah. So that's probably gonna be my focus after uh, after Pat leaves. Yeah. He's getting caught up for uh, for the next few weeks into into February so we can do the next top three stuff. Yes. So with that, let's go on to general news. Yay, general news. Is it is it gonna be positive? actually no, it starts off with obituaries, never mind. Well at least it's only one. Yeah, thank God. This week. This week, yes. Usually it's like two or three. No. Anyway, Fog Hat bases Craig McGregor died Friday, February ninth, after a long battle with lung cancer. He was sixty eight years old. I don't even have the cancer clip on us right now. You, so. uh, I wish you did because it comes up later. Oh my god! Let me see. Let me make sure I don't have it. I... I do. Run! Where is that pussy cancer anyway? Yeah. Save that. Save that because it comes up. And it's right next to this one. <laughs> what was? Oh my god! Starblade. Oh. <laughs> god damn you! What? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. There it is. There it is. What? You got a problem? So, wow, that guy's a douche! <laughs> yeah, pardon me for being a douche. Let's go back to talking about that guy who died. No, we usually carry on. Oh, all right then. Yeah, we, we, we don't like talking about it. Fine, then we won't. All right, general news. So we were just talking about this earlier. Marilyn Manson performed a lackluster and abbreviated set Thursday, February 15th at the Paramount in mm. Huntington, New York, causing many fans to lash out at the singer on social media demanding a refund. Yes. The concert was a makeup date for a show that was originally supposed to happen last October, but which ended up getting postponed after Manson broke his right leg in two places. According to Newsday, Manson had his back to the crowd for most of the set and seemingly confused his own band by his actions as several songs were started and then stopped. One of the things that I read about it, which I thought was hysterical, is he played five songs, bitched about people not saying I love you, and walked off. But apparently... The following night, he played Sayreville, New Jersey, which is the Starland Ballroom, and yeah. the show was amazing, allegedly. Came out and just owned it. You hear that, New York? New Jersey has you beat right now. Oh, shit. It's Starland Ballroom. Yeah, well, yeah. I haven't been there in years. I probably we haven't been will there, not come back. We haven't been there since that Event Sevenfold show like 15 years ago. Yeah, we had, we had, one, we had one bad experience there, and it's like, no, nope. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Number one, getting there sucked. The crowd was, it was just too crowded. They didn't, like, it was awful. It was yeah. just too, ugh. Yeah, we, we, we've, we've mentioned on the show before, it was, like, overly crowded. They wouldn't give us water. And, like, you know how, like, normally in the back of the audience, there's, like, space, like, a, like a couple feet of space for people to walk? Yeah. That was completely filled with people. If there had anything gone wrong, like, a, like a great white situation where things started catching fire, yeah, a lot of Yeah, there'd be a lot of dead people. A lot of trampling, a lot of death. A lot of death. Sure. So. Wasn't was, the best the funny thing is, though, is that even though the conditions sucked, the show was good. Because oh, it, yeah. was, it was CKY and Avenged Sevenfold, and it was like right as Avenged Sevenfold was hitting their stride with City of Evil, and it was really good. Yeah. But just everything else about the show sucked. Yeah. yeah. Which we ranted about before on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. A lot. There you go. It's one of our uh, recurring stories. Yeah. All right. Corey Taylor says that Josh Rand will rejoin his Stone Sour bandmates on the road on April 27th at the Welcome to Rockville Festival in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, if I remember right, Josh Rand was the one that was checked in for... Undisclosed uh, reasons. Gotcha. 
All right. According to the tracking board, actor-comedian Tony Caballero is in talks to play Ozzy Osbourne in the film adaptation of Motley Crue's biography, The Dirt, Confessions of the Most Notorious Rock Band. Cavallaro most recently starred in Nickelodeon's School of Rock, which was based on the 2003 Jack Black-led film of the same name. Do we need this? Like, just like as like a general question, do we need like a movie adaptation of The Dirt? You know, it's really funny, and someone someone put that in the comments on Blabbermouth about this is that his dream is to have uh, all the same actors portray the same characters in like a in like a Marvel Universe type of situation where like this is the movie about Motley Crue and then Ozzy Osbourne the guy who plays Ozzy Osbourne plays Ozzy Osbourne in like Ozzy's own movie and then they had like the movie about the Monsters of Rock tour where like four different bands come together like the Avengers and like runs the world or some shit like that that does sound like really ambitious and really cool (laughs) I would love to know who they get to play like Dio (laughs) some short guy some little dude running around Kevin Hart (laughs) (laughs) No? You don't think so? <laughs> and the show has been derailed again. You need a clip of, like, a train getting knocked <laughs> off its tracks. No, no, no. I, I just have this one. It's over! Time to get shit-faced! <laughs> <laughs> Show's done. We're going home. Is it sad that I know what movie that's from? I, the only reason I know that clip is because of you. <laughs> I've never seen that shit. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Some bummer news here. Ten years ago, Judas Priest guitarist Glenn Tipton was diagnosed with the onset of early stages of Parkinson's disease. From then until recently, the 70-year-old musician has lived his life as the great heavy metal guitar player he has always been known without hindrance. But right now, Glenn is able to play and perform only some of Priest's songs that are less challenging. But due to the nature of Parkinson's progression, he wants to let the fans know that he won't be touring with the band anymore. True to the metal spirit of the show must go on, Glenn has requested Priest producer and Hell guitarist Andy Sneap to fly the flag on stage for him. I didn't actually know he was the guitarist for Hell. I know. I've seen, and the thing is, I've seen the name so many times, and like when they list some of the things that he's been, I was like, oh, that's what, that's the guy, yeah. no, that's the guy. I didn't know he played though. I heard that uh, Tipton would be appearing at some shows with Priest. Oh, is that and, right? And doing like some like like one-off things like he'd play like parts of one song mm-hmm. and then head back out probably play like um you've got another thing coming yeah so something a little bit easier that doesn't especially because considering that i from what i'm hearing a lot of stuff on firepower is some of the fastest stuff they've ever written yeah mm-hmm. you know that's probably as much more to do with richie faulkner than anything else probably yeah. but did they has there been any mention of how much he contributed to the new album at all Considering all this? I haven't heard anything, but yeah. considering I thought he'd be one of the top writers for the band throughout the course I, of the history. I think regardless of whether or not he could perform it, I think he would have written the yeah. majority of it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does suck. I know a lot of people were like, were like questioning, like, do you still want to go see Judas Priest? Like, it's like both their original guitar players are gone. It's like, okay, but they can still fly the flag pretty damn well. They already they replaced KK Downing with the damn good guitar player the last album was fucking awesome so and you still uh, want to see Kiss even though Peter Chris and Ace Frehley is not in the band I mean come on right. yeah, I, it, I it, have seen it and it's not bad I mean I'm, I'm just saying in general yeah that's like yeah. The, it, it, it's, it comes down to that argument of like wh- like where would you draw the line as far as what you would consider to be the point where you'll stop wanting I to I think at this rate if Halford couldn't do it 
Judas Priest would be no yeah. more. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's, get, there's certain people who like when when you look at that like certain bands replace members like yearly and they're still like kicking around. But if you replace that one key person, yeah, you gone. would think that in the case of ACDC that it would be Brian Johnson. That if you lost Brian Johnson, you couldn't continue. But there's rumors that they're going to record a new album and tour again with yeah. Axl Rose. Yeah. Like, so, I can't imagine, like, Megadeth with anybody but Dave Mustaine. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't imagine Nine Inch Nails with anybody but Trent Reznor. Well, Nine Inch Nails but, is Trent Reznor, so... But they've had completely different bands. I think that's, I think that's, that's gives to the point where, like, the one member of that band is that band. Yeah. Anybody else is replaceable. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor. Dave Mustaine is Megadeth. Yeah. It's not like... in same case with Ice Earth. Ice Earth is John Schaefer. He can have a million other different singers on it, but it's still... John Schaefer's yeah I, yeah John Schaefer's band. I think it's one of those things where like if the band's been like been around for such a long time, like take take a band that hasn't had a change up of people, ZZ Top. Right. What if any one of those members became incapacitated? Would people still be willing to go see? Take take Rush for example. Neil Peart doesn't want Neil Peart doesn't want to tour anymore. They're so not they, touring anymore. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't think anybody would go see Rush if Neil Peart's not behind the kit. I'm, I'm sure it's a matter of like if if any one of those guys had to miss out for yeah. whatever reason they probably would have like attendance would have been less but with a band like Judas Priest where some of the members have switched out but the guitar players have been consistent mm-hmm. now we're hitting the point where people are wondering like do I really want to see this without those two guys well one of them is well, already gone but... for me Judas Priest has always been about the front man mm-hmm. you know whether it was whether it was Ripper or, or Halford it's always been about the front man mm-hmm. uh, at this rate they could probably replace the entire band and have Rob Halford do still singing, still singing, and people will go to see it. Yeah. But you lose Rob Halford at this point in their career, Judas Priest is done. It's, they can't replace him again. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were still in like, you know, they're still in like the midpoint of their career when they did when they switched it out for Ripper. Halford comes back. It's been longer now that he's been in back in the band than he was in the band originally. You can't do that again. Right. Yeah. So, next section looks like it says Metallica news. Metallica news. Metallica was in the news a bunch this week. There's a bunch of things going on with them. Oh, see, I did it happen twice. My bad. Metallica news. Metallica news. All right. Metallica. First up, we got Metallica have teamed up with Vans for a third time to release two types of sneakers, as well as a t-shirt and hat. The sneakers are a skate-high reissue and the classic slip-on, both in all black with the classic Metallica logo. The items will be available on the 16th and can be found on both Metallica's website as well as Vans.com. We're trying to branch out into uh, Shred Shack Radio to make this a common segment, which is like you can buy blank from blank now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just see who you can fill in. Because almost like every week it's like you can buy an app from Iron Maiden now or you can buy wine from Motorhead now. Actually, in all fairness, the app from Iron Maiden, their their legacy, the Beast game, is pretty cool. It is very good. Yeah. Like It's time-consuming and it's a, it's a, it's a, mo- it's a money it's a money. A money bait, but it's you know. well. If you're if you're one of those <clears throat> suckers that yeah. will you know put the little bits of money for the microtransactions, yeah, you're the reason they still exist, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop this. Yeah, you, you can, have you, the power. You can stop this, but I need my fix. I need to gamble my money away. Well, the the cool thing about the slip-ons, though, from what I saw, is that they it's a of course a left and right shoe, and I think it's the left shoe has Metalla on it and then the other side has Licka on it so it's the full word on two shoes it's kind of I like that it's kind of cool 
Does it say Metallica or Metallica? The way you describe Metallica. It? it says Metallica there across the two shoes. Okay. Kind of like those the uh, the NFL gloves with the logo on both hands. Yes. I like that. Uh, or AJ Styles. Yeah, phenomenal. Ones. <laughs> yeah, the phenomenal one. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so you can also tattoo it on the side of your body <laughs> in case you forget your name. In case you forget your name or when your kids were born. Yeah. <laughs> Love right. you, AJ. But come on. <laughs> Metallica will be honored with the prestigious Polar Music Prize. They have been chosen as one of the 2018 recipients of Sweden's Biggest Music Award. The announcement was made Wednesday, February 14th morning at Stockholm City Hall by Alphonse Karabuda, chairman of the Polar Music Prize Award Committee. All right, now you get a little bit of history here. The Polar Music Prize was founded in 1989 by Stig Anderson, the manager and music pu- uh, publisher of ABBA. <laughs> A well-known lyricist, he was also the co-writer on many of their early hits. The prize was first presented in 1992. Previous winners of the Polar Music Prize include Elton John, Sting, Ray Charles, Bob Dylan, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Peter Gabriel, C.B. Wonder, Paul Simon, Joni Mitchell, B.B. King, uh, Quincy Jones, Paul McCartney, Max Martin, and Bruce Springsteen. The prize honors two laureates every year to celebrate in all its various forms and to break down musical boundaries by bringing together people from all the different worlds of music. It awards each laureate 1 million kroner, which is $125,000, at a gala in Stockholm. Ulrich and Trujillo will accept the Metallica's prize from His Majesty King Carl Gustav of Sweden on June 14th at the Grand Hotel. Metallica will donate their prize to It's All Within My Hands Foundation, which is dedicated to assisting and enriching the lives of the members of the communities by supporting workforce education, the fight against hunger, and other critical local services. I was about to say, if they didn't give that to charity, that is the biggest <laughs> screw you to everybody. It's just like, yes, we won this award, and we spent it on a yacht. <laughs> yeah, you're wasting those chronors. <laughs> you dick. I'm not going to lie. Bison you, bucks. <laughs> when you said that it was the Polar Award, I was very upset that it wasn't given out by bears. <laughs> Because now I've got this image in my head of a polar bear handing <laughs> Lars Ulrich an award. <laughs> and now I, I'm sad that that's not going to be reality. But the unfortunate thing is because James Heff is a hunter, he'll shoot the polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> and are, just take the award. Are you kidding me? This, You're playing out like the greatest scene from the greatest TV show in my head right now. And now I'm sad that none of that will <laughs> So if anybody listening is an animator of any kind, let us know at Facebook.com or email us at shredshackmetal at gmail.com. We cannot pay you in anything. <laughs> we'll give well, you exposure. That'll be our own swag because we have to order that ourselves. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. Because <laughs> guess who bought the first Shredshack merchandise? Uh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny because uh, quick story um, when when you go to buy it um, when you go to when you go to put it up on the site it gives you the cost per thing and then you can um, put an amount in for the royalties how much you get per per thing yeah when you go to buy it and I buy it through our account it takes off those royalties already so like it's not like I'm paying into it and then we get like a little bit of money back you know it's just like it takes off that amount. So like, like you owe them more money. <laughs> <laughs> like you douche, you're buying your own shit. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like, dude, dude, really? Like, it, should... it, it sends you not only the material but also a pamphlet on how to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He's got something. He's, in the air. He's Here's your shirt, and also, huh? have you considered going to the local youth center? <laughs> Before we carry on. 
There's one thing that I always go back to in situations like this. Um, in the game Final Fantasy VII, if you're in a, um, there's a big battle thing that you do, and if you get anything else but the top prize, your consolation prize is a single tissue. <laughs> 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 and that's what I'm expecting to be sent. It's just like, here is your t-shirt and a tissue to sop up them tears, you punk bitch. Wow. <laughs> The fact, the fact that they wouldn't send you another t-shirt to sop up the tears is like, look, we want you to dry your tears, but only once. <laughs> you get to try once. You get to try once. Then, then you're on your own, then Crier. You're, then you're mad up. <laughs> yeah, so... So uh, you ready? Actually, uh, uh -oh. one, one more thing. Oh, dear God. Um, so... <clears throat> Well, speaking of our merchandise, uh, we did have a friend of ours buy buy um, a tote bag and a T-shirt, and then I get a text last night from a paternal figure of ours who goes, "I bought a shirt." <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I was wow. Like, I was like, "Awesome!" I I don't know how to take that. <laughs> well then. But I, I, I can just I can just like see someone going up to him with the logo being as it is and ask like saying like oh yeah Bullet Club like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> shut <What>? up <laughs> too sweet me bro and he just breaks their arm <laughs> number one don't talk to the man <laughs> <laughs> secondly don't wave your arm in his face <laughs> there is there is a time where we went to nobody beats the Wiz. <laughs> That's putting a timestamp yeah, on this story. That's how long ago yeah, this yeah, story yeah, takes someone's place. Someone's being old right now. <laughs> this is, you were there too, motherfucker. This is where we bought that Aerosmith shirt that I'm still wearing 20 years later. Anyway. Hey, everybody, that old man's talking. Anyway. Hey, listen, at least I still have more hair. Hey. So we're at this, nobody beats the wizard. We're looking at these t-shirts to buy. And somebody like bumps into my to our dad like on purpose. And my dad... Turns around, white hot heat, like in his eyes. He's about to punch. Apparently, this guy knows my dad. Is like just trying to get his attention. Like, you don't do that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't sneak up on a ninja. Don't blow <laughs> Superman's cape. <laughs> you don't spit in the wind. Don't bump into my dad. <laughs> like, you know, remember we were talking about that scene before in, in Bill and Ted with the uh, with Genghis Khan and the yeah. mannequin. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> that poor mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we ready to move on? Oh, we're ready to move on. Okay. James Hetfield tops off the ensemble cast of the upcoming thriller Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Yes. The film follows a relationship between notorious serial killer Ted Bundy, played by Zac Efron, and his longtime girlfriend, played by Lily Collins, who at the time had no knowledge of the crimes. Big Papa Het will be playing Officer Bob Hayward, a no-nonsense Utah Highway Patrol veteran who was the first law enforcement officer to arrest Bundy in 1975 after pulling the killer over and discovering burglary tools in his car, but wisely suspecting much more. While Hetfield has played himself in other films and television productions, this will be his first dramatic role taking on a different character. Academy Award nominee Joel Berlinger, who did uh, Paradise Lost, will direct. Hetfield and Berlinger have crossed paths before when the latter directed and produced Metallica Some Kind of Monster, along with the late Bruce Sinofsky. Berlinger also penned a book about his experiences with the band Metallica This Monster Lives. Could be fun. Could be interesting. I, I'm i not going to knock Zac Efron being Ted Bundy. I'm actually not. Isn't, no. I, I 
like it seems kind of strange because I'm used to him being, I guess, kind of a comedic or romantic actor. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: like, uh, uh, you didn't see the Disaster Artist, right? No. He plays Chris R. <laughs> from the room, and he's really good. Like, I could imagine him going crazy. I could imagine this being a, a movie where, like, he actually like transitions into an actor where it's people are like, okay, he can do other stuff. Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, seeing pictures of Ted Bundy, he's he's like kind of like an attractive person. Yeah. You know, he's actually a good-looking dude. Where where the Zac Efron character like face would come into play. Yeah. You know, so if he could pull it off. Awesome. Yeah. And I've seen, I saw pictures of uh, Hetfield on set yeah. dressed up as the uh, the patrol officers. Like, yeah, that, that works. That looks Because like, he actually looks eerily similar to them. They actually, yeah, when they showed them side by side of what they look like, <laughs> it's very, very good casting. Yeah. I think. How how he can act is going to be the thing that we have I, I to just, wait I just to hope, see. I just hope to God that they don't have his chuckle on screen in the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> that just ruins. Oh my Every god! Oh my god! Is that Ted Bundy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting away. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> give me fuel. Give me fire. <laughs> I am the table. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine just that interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, carry on. He probably has to ask, like, Zach Efron for autographs. My daughter loves you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are you ready for the the cancer one? I got it. I got it. Get it. Go, go. Run! Where is that pussy cancer anyway? All right, this little segment here is called Where is that pussy cancer? Former Wasp and current Metal Church drummer Seth Howland is in remission from diffuse large B-cell lymphoma an aggressive type of non-Hodgkin lymphoma that develops from the B-cells in the lymphatic system. Last October, Halloween began chemotherapy treatments with each treatment consisting of... Oh, uh, shit. I'm, I think I deleted a couple things. Stetchking? Stetchking. Oh. oh, checking. Okay, oh. I, I see what happened there. Uh, checking into the hospital as an inpatient and running continuously on chemo 16-hour drips, one right after the other, for just under five full days. On his days off, quoted here, he continued to go in for blood testing and receive blood transfusions every couple of days. Seriously, fuck cancer. Yeah. Yep. Like, in the face. Indeed. But at least he's in remission, so... That's good. That's is, badass. Is he going to be rejoining the band? Or? I believe so. I believe so. That's the, at least the intention? Yeah. So. If we're still uh, piggybacking on the... Uh, you know, where's that pussy cancer thing? Did you hear about the guy from Warbeast? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the singer from Warbeast uh, was brought in. He had esophageal cancer, and he basically was given anywhere from two months to two years to live. That was... We've covered that before. But, but the more... this, past, this past week, yeah. he got put into a uh, like a, tri- a clinical trial where they, they were supposedly giving him a little bit more hope. Huh. So there's a chance that he could have a little bit longer, if not... Uh, very, very uh, good outcome with it. So Badass. We're hoping for that, yeah. yeah. Recording right. news? Recording news. Oh, <clears throat> Pat, we're going to start this one off for you. Sabaton right. bassist Par Sundstrom, Sundstrom, yeah, there you go, has confirmed to Doublekick in a recent interview that the band has commenced work on material for a new studio album, but he cautioned, it's going to take a little while because obviously... We have been very, very, very busy. Mm. 
So we can't keep up with the same schedule as we used to do if we are touring this much. Yeah, because they're on tour until, what, May, June? Yeah. Yeah. And then in the summer, they do the, the cruises. Yeah. <laughs> These tanks aren't going to battle themselves, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they have cruises, and they put on their own festival, the Sabaton Open Air. Mm-hmm. They are consistently busy, like, if they're not recording stuff. Which, which is good, because, yeah. you know... If... I mean, here's the thing. Their last two albums have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I really can't see this album being bad. But also, like, you know, a lot of a lot of a band's life's blood is touring. Yeah. And if they yeah. can do if they can, can they can consistently do it successfully and still do their festivals and all that kind of stuff, that's that's good for them. That it is. So I still think my favorite story I've ever heard about Sabaton is I think it was just a couple months ago, where the members of the band had a bet and the singer lost the bet. And the consequences was walking to the next gig. Yes. We're talking like two hundred something miles, right? Yes. It was something re- Ridiculous. He he went. He he trekked while the band set up and did everything. He had to walk. I think to the festival they were putting on. I think to the Sabaton open air. Oh, God. and he live streamed himself yeah. walking. Yeah, he was hungover. They were, like, it was, <laughs> I think the I think the first her, first bit of the live stream was him throwing up on the yeah. side of the road from walking so much <laughs> and being hungover. Oh, it's classic. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> kill switch engage frontman Jesse Leach's hardcore. Punk Project, The Weapon, as I mentioned before, they released their two-song self-titled EP via Bandcamp. The song, the singer is joined in the new band by guitarist Chris Drapow, bassist Josh Malik, Mel- and drummer Andy Mass. So, but that was, that, like I said, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you want to hear how that project turned out, go back about 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of diatribes ago. <laughs> Melvins will release a new album, Pincus Abortion Technician. On April twentieth, via Ipac, 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 Ipac. I can I always mess that up. The disc features both Melvin's regular bass player Stephen McDonald and uh, Butthole Surfer's Jeff Pincus on bass. Wow! So they're gonna have two basses on this one. Is, I, I feel like everyone's gonna rush and try to release an album on April twentieth. So, so a lot of people are. I yeah. mean, it's a Friday. Like, like, like we're gonna look at the list for April, and it's gonna be like nothing the week before, the two weeks before, and nothing the week after. But like April twentieth, bam, just stacked, stacked. Well, Tesseract is releasing their new one. Of course, they are. And a couple other ones. All right, Nervosa have entered Family Mob Studio in Sao Paulo to record its uh, third full length album, due later in the year via Napalm. I think I saw. Um... They had some clips up of the recording process on either Instagram or Facebook or something. I think they well, put it up on the YouTube as well. I have to tell you, one of my new favorite people to actually follow on Instagram, actually check up on him like every couple of days, is Nargle from uh, Behemoth. Yes, because number one, he's got they're doing vocal tracks now for the new record, which sound amazing already. Yeah. It's just him isolated in a booth, so you don't really hear the music, and just him being a normal person is really interesting to watch. Because yeah. when you think about Behemoth and you think about all the controversy around them and to see him just being a normal dude, yeah. going to see Depeche Mode yeah. is just the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big step from on stage with the face paint and the death to and the, the yoga. <laughs> and then it's just like, I'm going to get coffee. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. All right. Overkill have, re- have returned to the studio to resume work on demos for their upcoming album. According to a post on the band's Facebook page, at least four new songs are in varying stages of completion at this point, with more to come. You're right. It has been five minutes since the last <laughs> <laughs> That's why my immediate reaction to that was just like... God, I was like, going to say, it's like, didn't we just see that? Like, I just saw them on tour for 
The Grinding Wheel, which yeah. was last year. And like, that was a great fucking album. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I fucking love that album. They, their last couple albums haven't been bad. No. Like, at all. They don't really have particularly bad albums. I don't think they do, yeah. Like, like some of them do change up a little bit, and they're not, like... I think they're in that same stride as, like, Testament, since, like, Damnation of, uh... Formation and Damnation. Yeah, yeah Formation yeah. and Damnation. Like, the last three Testament albums have been consistently fantastic, and yeah. from the Electric Age on, that's what Overkill I think even Ironbound was really good. I, I, I'm more like I'm more into I've gotten into Overkill in the latter day part of the catalog from, yeah. like I said from the Electric Age well that's what I mean Iron, Iron Band is the one they put out before Electric Age oh, okay. and I think I think I got that one in college okay. and that one is really good and it, it, Overkill was among those bands you know like with Metallica and Megadeth that kind of tried to change their sound a little bit in the 90s and for them that was just kind of slowing it down and showing off more of the Sabbath influence yeah and it wasn't as good as their, as their other stuff, but like they've always been consistently good. And I think yeah. now it's come to a point where like there's no there's nothing to modernize to. Yeah. There's nothing to change your sound to. So you stick with your strong points, and even if you're releasing the same album over and over, they're doing it quite fucking well. So there you go. so I'm okay with them releasing something every year and a half, two years, as long as it's still good. Yeah, and and Bobby Blitz still sounds pretty fucking good. Yeah. When he's not threatening me, yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't, 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 don't fucking blame him for, for shit. shit. Well, it's it his wasn't fault. his fault. It's his damn fault. <laughs> he shouldn't you, have gotten you, sick. You need to stop taking the Vince Russo route and, and blaming someone else, bro. bro listen here, bro. all right, bro. <laughs> if he didn't want me telling him to not get sick, he shouldn't have gotten sick, bro. <laughs> I created the attitude. Ever, <laughs> I created the attitude. Ever. I created. <laughs> I created Stone Cold. You know, I think that me telling him that is the reason why The Grinding Wheel is such a good album. I'm a trailblazer, bro. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Me is Vince Russo. All right, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I think it's Isam. Isam? I think so. But the former mem- uh, former leader of Emperor. Yeah, that's His Isam. seventh uh, solo album, I'm going to say... Uh, Armor? Armbar. Yeah. Armbar. Hard, hard bark. <laughs> A. Aaron Aronson. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll arrive on May 4th via Candlelight Spine Farm. It is a follow-up to 2016 Arctis, and it will feature Opeth guitarist Friedrich Ackerson on the track Arcana and Perry. Man, they are really... Just yeah, they're to... really testing my limits here. <laughs> they did it on purpose. Yeah, they do every week. <laughs> this is a running joke. Seriously. <laughs> Isan's one of those bands that, like, they're good. Uh, like, I like his stuff, but I don't listen to nearly enough of it. Yeah. And I know that I should. Like, he had uh, the album that we got, like, when I was still in, in WNY uh, after, and it was really good. And it's really, like, a, a crazy departure from Emperor, and it's some of it is absolutely crazy technical stuff that has, like, fusion jazz influence and other parts of it are like very calm and very serene yeah i from what i hear is that he's got a little bit more progressive in his sound yeah mixing in a lot more influences and just really trying to take the the listener on more of a journey than just trying to, to beat them over the head with you know blast beats and screaming yeah i think it's a good change <laughs> yeah I've... all right so let's start talking about the crowdfunding tracker which all right, we still only have the one? Yeah. All right, so we following our friends over at iApollo. Um, they had that $5,000 goal of trying to raise money to kind of 
do some more marketing and magazines on the web and all that good stuff. Um, and so far, they have two hundred fifty-one dollars raised by five different backers. I have the page saved at home, so I'm gonna contribute some some cash to that. Yeah, so I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, maybe ten bucks, maybe. Well, now I'm gonna look like a dick if I don't contribute, so I, I guess I should. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just you. You don't have to contribute if you don't necessarily like the band. We like the band, so you you probably, they're, they're, you probably haven't showed cool. them to you. So yeah. they were really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we kept them as our secret. You I believe have, I will. You, you can't have them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. Um, so let's go on to concert news, and it looks like we have nothing for festivals. No festivals. We got some touring news though. Dream Theater keyboardist, what? I didn't think I was uh, doing this. Dream Theater keyboardist Jordan Rudis will embark on a U.S., West Coast, and European tour during which he will perform a solo piano set titled From Bach to Rock, A Musician's Journey. The trek begins in the U.S. on March 7th and travels to Europe beginning March 30th through mid-April. That just sounds crazy. From Bach to Rock. From Bach to Rock. From Bach to Rock sounds like a, like a cheesy, like... Line that like a classic rock station would have. I was thinking like, like a variety station, or or like you know, music history one hundred and one type yeah. of thing. Everything from back to, to rock. rock. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's nice. It sounds like my my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> you fail so hard right now. <laughs> you know why? Because you're not listening from to everything from back to rock. rock. What do you got? What do you got? My clip's already been up right now. So yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. respond to you fast enough. So here you go. Chop that cock! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Down. Just, 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 no. All right, all right. Here we go. Helmet and Prong will join forces for a co-headlining U.S. tour in May. The trek kicks off on May 3rd in Atlanta and concludes on May 26th at Baltimore, Maryland's Death Fest. There is a San Antonio date here, um, May 11th, at the Paper Tiger. Look at that. There's a San Antonio date. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you're upset about Power Glove, aren't you? Uh, oh, that that's one of the things I'm upset about. Did, did we have that in the news? <laughs> no. Power Glove going on tour and skipping San Antonio as well? No, missed that. Sorry. So, well, hashtag San Antonio date. Power Glove's going on tour. Fuck you. Hashtag, hashtag no. Gramercy. <laughs> yeah, first, first day of the tour, Gramercy Theater. Yeah, well, well, that sounds that sounds interesting too. All right, here we go. Sticks and Joan Jet and the Blackhearts are teaming up with Tesla for a summer U.S. tour that kicks off May 30th in Irvine, California, at the Five Point Amphitheater. Why is that listed here? Because they're old as shit. I would go and, see Joan Jet. And I would. I saw Joan Jet. I want to say it was 2005. She played at the at Asbury Park. It was this skate and surf festival and she played like the stage in the middle of the arena and it was amazing nice like like she was at, like she was totally out of place with the rest of the bands because a bunch of like punk and emo and, and metalcore bands yep. and then Joan Jett well, and well, it was, mod- <laughs> modern punk and stuff because like she's yeah it, it, like it was more of the pop punk stuff yeah, that's... you know but it was like Joan Jett in the middle like where the fuck did that come from but it was awesome. She still looked and sounded good at um, the was Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Where she sang with uh, Nirvana. Or I think she did. Didn't she do it with Green Day or something? She I, showed up a few. She showed up when Green Day was inducted. I okay. Believe. I don't know. So, but I was thinking of the wrong person. Could be. I don't know. Possibly. Who knows? Anyway, here's one for Dan. Yeah. Amorphous will return to North America 
with a co-headlining track with Dark Tranquility this September, October. Joining them are Moonspell and Omnium Gatherum. Amorphous will be touring in support of their soon-to-be-announced new album, produced and mixed once again by Jens uh, Bagren, who's done work with Opeth, Amon Amarth, and Catatonia. Tour opens in New York at the Gramercy on September 7th. Hey, look at that. With a stop here in San Antonio on some old man's birthday, October 2nd at the Rockbox. Look at that. I still consider this a victory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will more than likely be at that show. Have Dark Tranquility put out anything recently, or are they just still being like, we're Dark Tranquility? I I think think there was something last year for them. Was there? I think think there's been something since we started this podcast. Most certainly. I'm going to have to double check on that. Most certainly. We've got a phone. Well, Wikipedia? Yeah, I'm, we're, we're talking right now. Uh, kind of. I don't bullshit. Know. I, I think Dark Tranquility... I'm <laughs> Dark Tranquility, I think, also played at that Iced Earth show that we we, asked, we missed Evergrey and didn't think twice about it until like a year later when we are like, oh, Evergrey's awesome! We missed them, <laughs> fuck! I think, I think they opened that show. Oh, we okay. had a chance to see them. Um, but everybody on that set, I would totally see. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen Omnium Gatherum. They were fantastic. So. I, I have not seen... Any of the other bands, I'm having, I'm starting to have more of an interest in Moonspell, so that would be great. Mm-hmm. By the way, they did have an album in 2016. Okay, there you go. Atoma. Ah, yes. Okay. All right, last bit here. Al Jorgensen has assembled an all-star list of guest musicians for the band's 2018 North American tour that kicks off March 22nd at the House of Blues in Anaheim, California. The tour is in support of Ministry's upcoming album Americant. Set for a March 9th release via Nuclear Blast. The tour's guest lineup will feature vocalist Burton Bell from Fear Factory, drummer Joey Jorison, formerly of Slipknot, and live scratcher DJ Swamp, who's worked with Beck, The Crystal, and The Crystal Method. And they will join longtime band members Sin Quirin and Caesar Soto on guitars, Tony Campus from Fear Factory, Everything. Static X, and Sino, Cavalier yeah. Conspiracy on bass, and keyboardist John Bechdel, who's been in Killing Joke and Fear Factory. There you go. Uh, I, I feel like, like Tony Campos could be, possibly become that, that Mike Portnoy level of, I can play that. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely working his way up there. Yeah. Definitely working his way up there. All right, we got, some one, we got one one-off here. Okay. All right, the one-off here is this spring... Life of Agony will perform two hometown shows on April 18th and 19th at St. Vitus in Brooklyn, New York. The group promised to deliver two different sets, including never performed before songs. I find that, like, very... Like, I don't want to say hard to believe, but, like, I can't imagine that they've gone, like, their whole career without playing their stuff. Without certain, without playing certain songs live? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they've... I mean, they only have a limited number of CDs. It's not albums. It's not like they have like a, a huge catalog like other bands. Including this new one. I think they only have four albums out. No, really? I think so. Life of Agony? Yeah. I think this is five. Is it? I think so. I think uh, their their reunion one was four. So then this one came out. Hmm. Right? Something like that. To the internet. To the internet. You do but that. That should be, that should be awesome. Um... I, they, they, they've been hanging around Mulcahy's a lot, actually, in New York. Oh, okay. yeah? Have they, like, they've done a couple of shows with that. Have they changed that venue at all? Or just... It's still Mulcahy's. Yeah, it's cause, still. Cause, okay, because I, I, I went there once to see Symphony X, and I it was kind of empty, but it was still a nice venue. Yeah. So. I went there and saw it down, and it was fantastic. Mm. It was cold. 
Oh, this, it was cold. Was it was cold when I was there. Cold. And then, that was in the midst of me like not wearing jacket phase. And um, <laughs> yeah, I froze my tits off at the uh, train station that night. So yeah. Uh, Life of Agony, by the way, has uh, five albums out. Called it. And uh, but, can you name one song off of Soul Searching Sun? Yes. The title, title track. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do I win? Do I win? Uh, no, because there's no track called Soul Searching Sun. <laughs> <laughs> You're just mad, bro. You failed. Yeah, yeah, I'm mad by reading the track listing here and not seeing your answer. Does someone need a hug? No, I need you to tell me the right answer, bitch. Oh, this is already boring the shit out of me. <laughs> Kill him! <laughs> I don't know. I don't, right. I, don't, I don't listen to Life of Agony. Yeah. So. Moving on. Oh, no, where am I going? Okay. So we're into heavy metal in the charts. Yes. Noteworthy point here. Unfortunately... Pete is not here to, to, to revel in his success here. Disturbs Immortalized was officially certified platinum on January 25th by the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America, for sales in excess of a million copies. Well, if, if he was here, he would, he would let out a message to David Draymond that says, Put up your deuce, you bald fiend! <laughs> yes. And, and then David Draymond would answer all in caps. <laughs> And only on Twitter. And only on Twitter. All right. So Billboard Top 200 is very depressing here because we've got two things. Five Finger Death Punch, Decade of Aggression at 62 from 61. It's on the rise. Yeah, Pete, on the rise. Got your six. And the Black Album is at number 132 from 137. I'm I'm a guest here, so I'm not going to flip your table. But I'm doing it in my mind. It's, it's it's been getting progressively worse like this. Yeah. So it's it's, it's not go. surprising to us at this point. The rock chart might be a little bit. Okay. Rock charts. We use what we usually do is just go to the the thing and just count down. Yeah. Twenty five cool. on. Number twenty five is Papa Roach, Crooked Teeth. Okay, so you can start flipping tables now. It's fine. Yeah, start flipping tables now. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Oh no. Yeah. Number twenty four is Pearl Jam. Ten. What? 23, back on the charts here, is The Greatest Hits by Three Doors Down. What? <laughs> yeah, it gets worse. Come on. Back on the charts here is uh, Toxicity by System of a Down okay. at number 22. Okay. Number 21 is Master of Puppets. Number 20, back on the charts, is Ride the Lightning at 20. Number 19 is uh, Three Days Grace, their album 1X. Number 18 is Led Zeppelin 4. Number 17 is Skillet Unleashed. Number 16 is Disturbed Immortalized. 15, Linkin Park Meteora. 14, Jimi Hendrix. Experience Hendrix, the best of Jimi Hendrix. Starring Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Starring Produced Jimi by, Hendrix Jimi Hendrix. by Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Music by... by... <laughs> Script supervision by Jimi Hendrix. Yep. <laughs> All right. Number 13 is Aerosmith's Greatest Hits. 12 is All the Right Reasons by Nickelback. 11, Mothership, Led Zeppelin. Here we go with the greatest hits collections of number 10, Foo Fighters. Number 9, Def Leppard. Number 8, Back in Black by ACDC, which is, in other words, you know, greatest hits it's by ACDC. It's basically a greatest hits album, yeah. yeah. 7, Greatest Hits, Bon Jovi. 6, Linkin Park, Hyper Theory. 5, Greta Van Fleet, From the Fires. 
Number four is Guns N' Roses' Greatest Hits. Three, Metallica Black Album, otherwise known as Greatest Hits. Number two, Greatest Hits, Queen. God damn it! No! <laughs> one, two, and three, the Platinum Collection. And number one, A Decade of Destruction, Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, just... Mm. That... Finally a good reason to punch a teenager in the face! Let's roll! <laughs> <laughs> that beat out... Queen. They've been beating out Queen for like oh. since it came out. No, because because oh. you know that the Queen would top it every single week if it wasn't for Five Finger Death Punch. It's now true. I'm mad at Five Finger Death this, Punch. This is counting streaming as well, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, they, they yeah, changed over the rock chart they, to be streaming yeah. as well like, a few months and, ago. And we've also we've also talked about this is that when you do streaming like on a Pandora or a Spotify thing, Five Finger Death Punch has what we have, what we've been making fun of as crossover appeal. They can be on any kind of rock. Hard rock, metal, or otherwise station, while some other bands are more categorized, specific. Well, that's what happens when you don't have an um, identity. I mean, the thing is, then the, the same thing happens with Metallica, though. Metallica yeah. can be on rock, hard rock, classic rock, metal, thrash metal, and all these other subgenres of these different streaming services. They will show up everywhere. Every time something becomes popular, like, do you ever get, like, that sinking feeling in your stomach where you're just like, someday, soon, this is going to be on a classic rock station? Seeing that most of the music that I listened to as a kid is on classic rock now, yeah. I'm, I'm beyond that fear. But. Beyond that fear. I'm telling you right now, like, some classic rock stations are going, like, into the 90s now. And yeah. they're going stuff like that, and they're just going like, hey, you know what classic rock stations love? All Pearl Jam all the time. Well, you know thing is like 20 years ago now is 1998 yep so when you go further back that's like early 90s that it's almost 30 years ago now yep so i'm, I'm beyond the fear i'm over it i'm an old man i'm too old to fear i, I get I'm it i'm too old to feel feelings i get it i forgot I, what you know, felt like i wake up my back hurts i wake up like ah, ah, <laughs> doctor says i need a bacchiotomy i wake up with more noises than like Fucking anything else, and like you know, body creaking and things cracking. Like you know what? I, I'm old. I did that with my mouth. <laughs> Making all the noise. You know, I'm tired during the day. You know. <laughs> I don't have that one because I, I made that one a long time ago. I can relate to this. <laughs> you have this though. Oh, he's real, all right. Real as my beard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's it for hard rock and metal in the charts. Deeply depressing. I, I, I now have, I'm starting to have a personal vendetta against Five Finger Death Punch. I'm um, not. Queen. You always have a personal vendetta against Five Finger yeah, Death Punch. Yeah, that's why I have no qualms about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So basically nothing new to argue with. Yeah, that. this isn't new business. This should have been an old business. Pat's <laughs> Remember that whole joke about the, the feud with Ivan Moody being like a fake feud thing and they're really best friends in real life? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally not true. <laughs> However, the feud between him and uh, Bobby Blitz, totally real. Totally yeah. real. Absolutely. Totally, totally real. And I'm pretty sure the, the record now is 0 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> so but when he gets that number one, he's going to hold on to that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my Brock Lesnar beating the streak moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hire Paul Heyman to carry me around. My client got one over on Bobby Blitz. And then, and then everyone else is going to be like, who's Bobby Blitz? My name is Paul Heyman. 
and I have been contractually obligated <laughs> for the next ten seconds to sing the praises of, of this, this man, random person who I don't know. <laughs> I won't even pay for the full endorsement. It'll just be like I fully support this man to my right. If he is in that position right now, I'm gonna say if you're late, <laughs> and I'm not there, I'm it's late like some for old guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I beat him! I beat him! <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> Additional disclaimer: His belt is not cardboard. Just keep it away from fire. It's just holding up his pants. <laughs> Suspenders. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why, because the whole thing with the belt. I thought of the Simpsons when um, I guess somebody asked somebody asked Mo about what he's wearing on his feet, and he's wearing like Wonder Bread bags. You got a problem with my bags? <laughs> the important thing here is I had an onion tied to my belt. <laughs> that was the style at the time. <laughs> okay, let's go on to our discussion, which is going to be a little bit uh, multi-part. Okay. Um. Let's do this first. Um, I came up with the idea for doing rock, metal, artists, and albums you unironically still love. Mm -hmm. Now, What do you mean by that is the question. Okay, well, how about... Take it like this. Stuff you listened to when you were younger that isn't necessarily like... that. It maybe was more product of the time. Maybe like a one-hit wonder like or something like that. Like it has aged well. Okay. Well, the reason I thought of this was I was listening to the first album from The Presidents the other day. Oh, shit. I still fucking adore that album. <laughs> you mean Presidents of the United States? Yeah. I actually put that on my list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that was okay. what got me to think of this. Lump, Peaches. Yeah. That the, version of Kick Out the Jams that nobody ever plays. Yeah. It was that, good. There that, you go. That album. Well, there was their stuff, like, maybe one or two of their later, later albums. Yeah. Uh, not as good. But, like, that album, um, the second album, and Freaked Out in the Small. That trio of albums is just sorely underappreciated in the yeah. long run. I, I think they were a great band. Um I think there's a lot more to them, obviously, than than their hit songs, and I, I still think they're fucking great. Right. They're fun. That's they're good, fun. That's a, that's a good. I like it. Yeah. Like, okay. so, so, so that's what I was thinking of, and, and this is specifically for rock and metal. Okay. Um, so anybody else got one? I've got one. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like out there. Mm -hmm. um, El Nino. Mm. El Nino was clearly like a product of new metal fading. And, like, trying to latch on to weird things. Like, some new metal bands, like, tried to leech on to, like, cultural things and never really went anywhere with it. Like, Skin Dread. Skin Dread is, like, they have a lot of albums out, but I don't think they ever went anywhere. And I feel the same way about El Nino. But I also think for a time and place, they were huge. And I really liked uh, the album they put out. Revolution? Yeah, I like Revolution, Revolution, and uh, the one after that, actually, that had the uh, song that was on the Freddy vs. Jason album, and... Uh, I'm not familiar with that one, so... Yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, it, they had a pretty fun sound. They were pretty cool, and occasionally when they come up, I don't get like a gut feeling like, oh, I used to listen to this. I'm like, all right, this is still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I'm going for. Like, the yeah. they, like you don't listen to now and go, oh, how did I listen to this? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, Chris, you got anything? Um, funny one. It's Limp Biscuit, three dollar bill, y'all. 
I mean, that was kind of like the album that kind of kickstarted the new metal thing for me. Yeah. And the thing is, I still find it to be like it was before Fred Durst became Fred Durst, mm-hmm. and where like before they blew up, like songs like Counterfeit were fantastic. I love the song Counterfeit. I still like their cover of Faith, despite the fact that that's what blew them up. And just the blood, just the, the the vibe, the power, the fucking the the aggression of the album. I thought it was a lot, just a lot of fun. And I still list, I still go back and listen to it every once in a while, and don't feel guilty about it whatsoever. We did a hit list a while ago where we talked about like band songs that we like from bands that we hate, and I put as my number one uh, "End Together" now. Mm. But I, but again, like it's because when I think of stuff that I like from Limp Bizkit, it's the stuff that has the least to do with Limp Bizkit. Funny you mention that because I, I specifically went out of my way to get this clip. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> no method man, I will not. Because you're good. And basically End Together Now is a Method Man song. So right. I have no problem with that. Also I like I kind of like rearranged. Rearranged, I like there's a song called Boiler Room, I think yeah. on that album that was or I forget whether which it's album the was on. Starfish. And then there's a song that they did with Scott Wyland on it that Hold was on. really good too. That's probably the best song on that album. Yeah. Yeah. I think you as a wrestling fan should probably hate uh, Roland at this point. Yeah, for God's sake. I didn't like it when it came out. Yeah. Like, like you even, should hate it God, even more. Yeah. God damn, if I hear Nookie one more time, yeah. I, I just might blow my brains out. So Yeah, it's, it's no, it's just, no. Another band that was, I th- it wasn't necessarily a product at the time, but I think, again, like you said, with the presence of the United States of America, is just very underappreciated, is Days of the New. Yes. Um, and that can kind of go further into to Tantric. Yeah. So, but I, I specifically mean Days of the New, especially like in like the second and third. Like everyone was really into that first album when and they, they still played that on the radio too. Yeah, but the second and third album where he started to like really expand the sound of the band. Yeah, I think those are just just so underrated. Yeah, the second album is definitely phenomenal. The third one I haven't given enough time to. The third one's really good too. Like mm-hmm. you, you really just got to listen to all three in a row to mm-hmm. really appreciate what that band was. Um, I was gonna say um, Alien Ant Farm. I still love Alien Ant Farm. I th- I think beyond their cover of Smooth Criminal, which is the only thing that has re- has that rock radio has retained from their time in the sun. Yeah. Um, but the rest of that debut album is extremely good, and they are really good live. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of stuff on Anthology is pretty good. Yeah, like that, no, I, I think from out, that album start to finish, I thought was great. Yeah. So um, not as sure about the the next two. Uh, uh, Truant was all right. Uh, I think uh, these days is like one of their heavier songs, and it was a lot of fun. And I think Glow is my favorite song from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a very heavy song, particularly. In, in fact, it's not heavy at all. Yeah. But it's still like I think one of their better songs, and it's really fun to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're still they're still touring everything. I think they had a hiatus for a while. They came back yeah. together. I think we, we just recently mentioned them in a, like a festival setting recently. Yeah. So well, I think they're doing they're doing one of those like like what year is it tour? Yeah, that thing? too. Like yeah. with with like Hoobastank or something like that. Yeah, who, who is Hoobastank is signed to Napalm Records? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I know, right? Hoobastank is one of those bands that I I never liked. I I liked this like one or two songs. I like their single. I, I never wanted to give them more attention just because yeah. I didn't really care same thing with like audio vent similar to incubus mm-hmm. in that same vein yeah and they had one good good song but i never really wanted to give further time to that so i uh, i actually put incubus on here and then i took it off because i figured like well incubus is still you know kicking around and yeah, still I was gonna say, they're still very relevant. yeah yeah and then and they're still great yeah I, I i don't i wouldn't look at them and say like oh like they've already had their 
I would say one band that kind of like falls into the whole new metal thing and that kind of like when you look back on it people are like eh, Static X I, I never got completely into them I really liked the song The Only okay and a couple of things off of Cannibal I'm thinking more along the lines of debut Wisconsin Death Trip is a With- masterpiece of the time that's what everybody says I yeah. mean it, it caught it captured everything about that music scene and that time of music in about 35 minutes yeah. and with, it was perfect with with well that album again still like you said it is great um, with Machine still kind of treading the same thing when they hit Shadow Zone um, first of all he started sound, he started trying to sound like Jonathan Davis mm. yeah and, mm. and unfortunately from that album onward I feel like the sound devolved pretty poorly because I heard some of some of Cannibal and maybe a bit of Cult of Static and I was like this I kind of like Cannibal. I don't have a copy of it, but I remember like going up to school and my friend had it and he mm-hmm. played it in the car all the time. And I never had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Like I always kind of enjoyed it. I'm sure it's one of those things where I'll have to take another listen to it, yeah. and I, I, I still probably won't hold it to the same standard as yeah. as Wisconsin Death Trip. Mm-hmm. But it just it, it, when I heard it, I do yeah, I was not feeling it. So if we're gonna keep in the same vein, though, I have Soil on here. I love Soil. He loves Soil. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. By the way. Where's, I, I wanted I wanted to do a disclaimer before this um, before we started everything because I will not be mentioning Power Man Five Thousand. We know my love we, of Power know, Man Five Thousand. Yeah, we there's know. There's no and Soil no. kind of hits that same territory yeah. because yeah. I feel like they 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 somebody described them years ago as basically being like frat rock, you know, like that kind of anthemic. Like, see, I don't buy that from them. It's it's just kind of big, loud, kind of fun. Yeah, but when I think frat rock, I think of stuff that's a lot more. Simplistic than soil. I mm-hmm. think of stuff like skillet. Okay. I think of. I don't even know of skillet. So. I think of stuff like uh, like <laughs> like buck cherry. I think is like like frat I, rock. I kind of like buck cherry. So. Well, I, it, it, you can like it, but yeah. like it, I think that it falls into that category. I I don't know enough to really. Yeah. But say one way or the other, anyway, so. soil. Like I just like I worshipped the album Redefine. Like, yeah. Uh, even I, even the the, the debut yeah. is phenomenal. It is, and and the fact that they were like they were that band for a while that toured yeah. with whoever, like them and uh, and Mudvayne I mean, were like. I was yeah. gonna say we saw them like every other week, depending yeah. on who was playing their but, show. But, like for, for new metal, like they for new metal, they they were like into eternity, you know, like into eternity, like yeah. like followed. Um, tour with all these other bands and they were like the opening act for so many different people like for a while Mudvayne and Soil were doing the same exact yeah. thing yeah. any big name artist uh, in new metal or anything so- associated with that like Ozzy they toured yeah. Yeah. And, and it was always great yeah. so um, what else what else what else what else what else I don't think I have any more for Rock or metal, but you have like other artists. I've, I've, yeah, I've got other rock. I was gonna say, go ahead. You, you, you got rock and metal. Um, for uh, for like rock, I think like I still occasionally go back to like thinking about like albums that really like got me into more like heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Stains Break the Cycle did that for me a lot. I would say. I would agree with um, that, but the album before Dysfunction for me. Everybody says Dysfunction. I didn't love Dysfunction. To be honest, I, I, I think is I like Dysfunction because the fact of the matter is I saw Stained. Like I think everybody on Long Island was at this particular show. It was the Sick and Twisted show. Corn just released Issues. I think it was. Stained was just about to hit their stride. They haven't released Outside yet. Yeah. 
So Mud Shovel was their single. And they absolutely owned that fucking show. And I went out and, of course, I bought Dysfunction right afterwards. And from then on, like, that band is fantastic. Yeah. Then, then, then Outside and Break the Cycle happened. And I was just like, man. Well, everybody associates Break the Cycle with Outside. And I think Outside's the worst song on the album. I think I think they should have left outside the way it was. They shouldn't have re-recorded it and put it on that album. Yeah. But when their first single is "It's Been a While," yeah. After Mud Shovel, yeah, you lose a little bit of that momentum. What should have been a single off that is the first track, "Open Your Eyes." Mm-hmm. I think that's a great, completely underrated song. I love "For You," and that got a lot of play on like K Rock and stuff when I was growing up. Yeah. So it, that got a little. That was the song where I was like, I like Stained. Like that's it. I think Stand were, uh, I think, among the bands that this the song that they picked to be the single ended up getting a push from what was going on at the time because it came around came out right around nine eleven. Yeah, and it's been a while. Um, the fucking Nickelback song. Um, this is how you remind me. This is how you remind me. Yeah. and songs like that. A lot of those. A lot of those more heartfelt ones were pushed to the moon because of the fact that the country was so emotional after the event. Well, they also, like, a lot of radio stations took out a lot of aggressive songs. Mm -hmm. Like, because they had, like, very, like, little to do with, like, attacking or, like, you know, explosions or things like that. And radio stations would take them out because they reminded people too much of the attacks. Yeah. Like, you know, anything from, like, like, they took away, like, dust in the wind. Because well, it was too much reminiscent of the attack. I think um, if you're familiar with the album Killing the Dragon by Dio, the, the song Rock and Roll is about that. Yeah. Apparently they, they would refuse to play Holy Diver on radio stations because of the events, and he wrote the song Rock and Roll in response. There you go. Um, but the songs that you know were coming out at the time, they definitely got a lot of push because I know in the first couple of days, at least in the first 48 hours, MTV was playing... A lot of those same songs over and over, and it was kind of where that more of that emotional attachment came from, which is yeah. why I think those songs still stuck. I, c- I can go without ever hearing them again at this point. Yeah, but the albums that they're from, I'm okay with. I I, I liked like one or two songs. I can't say that it would be on my list, but I remember liking uh, some things off Silver Side Up. I think I think the state and Silver Side Up. The state. Um, by Nickelback were great. Um, I still think they're good. I can still go back and listen to them and still enjoy them and not have this, you know, like, oh, God, no, kind of feeling. Um, And even some of the stuff they've done since then, their cover of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. That's very good. And it has Dimebag Daryl on it. Yeah. So, like, I don't they, have, they do a, a, a damn fine live version of Sad But True. The fact of the matter is that as much hate as you give Nickelback, the fact is, is that they're incredibly smart with what they do. Is yeah. that they have, they have their albums are a mix of radio singles and heavier shit. Yeah, and they don't push the heavier shit because they know people are going to buy their records because of the radio singles, yeah. and they can get away with that because they're they're Nickelback. The fact yeah. of the matter is that they actually do write pretty decent songs that are pretty decently heavy with some heavy subject matter, mm-hmm. and you know, and they also have the the bullshit. Yeah. You, you, but like, they have that kind of sway now where they can do that. I think at this point their own name kind of like puts people away from listening to them. Yeah. And for better or worse, that's just kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like at this point, you're really not going to sway anybody from one side to the other. Right. Like, to be to be perfectly honest. Yeah. 
Um, but since we're in a similar vein here, I'm going to say Creed. Yeah. Okay. I, awesome. I never had any issue with Creed, and I unironically still enjoy listening to um, Human my Clay. My own prison. My, my own prison. The album itself, and a lot of stuff from Human Clay, not necessarily the singles. Yeah. Um, because again, the singles got overplayed, but songs like the beautiful, um, uh, oh God, like the last two tracks, I can't remember the names of them, but everything else but the singles on there are just like really kind of underrated gems. Mm-hmm. And I've n- I've never seen what the big issue with with hating them is. I am not a fan. I like uh, Mark Tremonti. Yeah, he's no, he's great. It like he he does a lot of great work in the band. He does a lot of great work in solo stuff and in Alter Bridge. I think Alter Bridge is uh, Alter Bridge is what I wanted from a guy like Mark Tremonti. Mm -hmm. Like I like Alter Bridge a lot more than I've ever liked anything from Creed. Yeah, Um, I blame uh, the fact that I became a wrestling fan in two (laughs) thousand one on the fact that I bought the album Weathered um, because the song My Sacrifice always played over Triple H's recovery video from when he came back knee surgery. Oh, and when they they use higher for like any of the high flying stuff, jumping yeah. off the cages and shit like that. Yeah, they and did all the promo gear, all yeah. the promo videos. But I, I I wouldn't say that I would put Creed on my list. Uh, in kind of a weird uh, transition here, I would put some forty one. Mm. Some forty one always had a harder edge, and they had some of the respect of the metal community. Obviously, Kerry King has oh. been in their video, yeah. playing their song, and has defended the band as being. You know, also, here's the thing: the video that Kerry King was in with them—that's mm. their worst goddamn song. That song is awful. That, that was from the Spider-Man. That was from the Spider-Man Two yeah. soundtrack. Rock is what we're all about. It was so bad. They, what's the? Um, I know there's one song that they have that was straight up lifted the riff from Master of Puppets. Um, oh, still waiting. Si- the single from still the second waiting. album. Yeah, still waiting. Still waiting was, was Master of Puppets. Like, yeah, it was like it was like blatantly. Like, yeah, I damn. actually don't hear that. Like, like, I'm, I'm thinking of it right the, now. The main heavy riff. The, the heavy riff sounds just like the riff from Master of Puppets. Yeah, I actually have to re-listen to that. I, re- I, re- I remember when it first came out that that was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, still, still waiting. I think that that album does this look infected was all right. Mm-hmm. I think their album All Killer No Filler, the album they broke out with, yeah. was one of the most fun albums that I remember listening to like when I was when I started getting it might actually be now that I'm thinking about it the second album I ever bought and I still think that I like some 41 a lot for that stuff when they had a more aggressive side to them they were a lot better and I don't count still waiting in that I count stuff like uh, the album Chuck where they were allowed to do a lot more you know metal oriented stuff they were allowed to play you know songs like open your eyes and like uh yeah, second time I've had a song called "Open Your Eyes." Um, the the song that was off of that that was like uh, "We're All We're All the Blame" was a, was a really good song off of that. I think Sum Forty One was good, but I also think that they could only have survived in that time period. Mm-hmm. They could not come back today and be as strong. Well, I think they're still playing shows, which is funny. They are, but it, it's not picking up a lot of ground. I have a band. And this is a band as a whole because I don't really have one of their albums. I just have stuff that I've downloaded off the internet that I particularly love, and that's um, My Chemical Romance. Yeah. You know, the the Black Parade, like, damn, that damn, that's a great record. I actually, like, uh, one of the students that I have here, because I run a 
a radio program at a high school, and one of the students does the alternative show, uh-huh. and they play stuff from the Black Parade every week. And it's not that it's bad, it's just I know for a fact that if I were listening to it when it came out, I would have just completely hated it. Mm. Like, it's not for me. I, I think I think his voice kills it for me. You know, it's funny because he kind of, like, that band seems to be, like, the, the, the kings of, like, the emo scene. Yeah. Like, when you talk about that scene back in the day, it's like, they were that band. Yeah. And, like, for some reason, I just, there's certain songs that I listen to, it's like, I, I can't imagine not listening to this music right now because it's just that good. Um, and then the Black Parade, I thought was just a really good album. Yeah, and it was kind of like their, it was kind of like their, their Sgt. Pepper's or their their Pink Floyd album because I think it was a concept yeah. part, and it was this. I thought it was great. Yeah. Who doesn't? I don't know if they've actually put out stuff recently. Who's that? AFI. They have. They have. They have. And a few months ago. They're apparently they're still on fucking fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Because I, I like them. Like, I was never a huge fan, but I, like, again, like you said with My Chemical Romance, yeah. like, picking and choosing songs. That's well, how I felt about it. I actually went AFI. back recently and I listened to um, the record, the, the one that was really famous. Uh, the one with Girls Not Gray. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah. Sing the Sorrow. Sing yes. the Sorrow. That album is phenomenal from front to back. Yes. Like, it's one of those albums that, like, you had the radio singles, which were really good, yeah. but in between that... Miseria had... Cantari is one of the coolest opening tracks like I've heard in a very long time. And like I said, in between the radio tracks, you had like these really hard-edge punk tracks that just were complete 180s. Right. And it mixed so well. Like, the whole album is just like, pump, is like pop-punk perfection. You know, and I think that was one of the ones where I go back and listen to it. It's like, man, I probably wouldn't listen to that today. If I was like you know a young kid yeah. listening to stuff I am now, but like back then, like yeah, that was the perfect record. Yeah. You got any other rock ones? Just the one, the only one that I'm thinking of right now is um, thanks to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two, Bill and Colin. Never got into them. I've heard they, the name a billion they, times. They they they're like they had the song No Cigar off of the uh, of the Tony Hawk Two soundtrack, mm. and I got their album Penny Bridge Pioneers, and I think it's. So much fun! It's it's really great. It's a total like you know, like like it's kind of like a a very a more aggressive pop punk. It's not straight up punk, and it's not as like you know peppy and like as commercial as a lot of pop punk was around there. Yeah. Like I can't stand stuff like Simple Plan Good and like Charlotte. Taking Back Sunday. And Good stuff Charlotte, like that. yeah. Good Charlotte. I actually had that album at one point and I like, I think I listened to it for like a week and a half and I was just like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't need this. <laughs> um, if that's it for the rock side of things, the rock and metal side of things, yeah. like just for the sake of fun, anything beyond the world of rock and metal what do you feel was more of a product at the time that you can still listen to now and say, I, I, I do like this, unironically? Stuff that was a product of the time, like as I was listening to it, yeah. uh, Kelly Clarkson. She has one or two songs that I can actually say like, yeah. I enjoy. Um, what's the one? Uh, the, the, the fucking ballad from like, her first album. Um, Breakaway? No. Um... Oh, uh, because of you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely like that. I, I like. I love her album Breakaway. Mm-hmm. Like I really do. Like behind these hazel eyes, uh, 
you know the the title track is great mm-hmm. it's 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 just it's a really fun album to listen to mm-hmm. since you've been gone like yeah 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 that one i know that song and i i don't really have i i never followed up on her like she, she'll occasionally have like a thing where it's like i'm coming back kind of and then she'll just kind of like fade back away well she's on the she's gonna be on the voice now yeah well, she because she keeps ha- she's had her second kid now, yeah, and that's what's been the, the hiatus this time around. You know, so. it's really fun if you go online. You can look up a Steel Panther show where she showed up just in the crowd, mm-hmm. and they called her on stage and did "Sweet Child of Mine." That's awesome. That's and, awesome. And she nailed it. I'm sure she did. Yeah. It was amazing. I think we're going to go just outside the box here of the metal and rock. Alanis Morissette, "Jagged Little Pill," is like it's a good album. The best. Like if if there's anything that got me into really appreciating women singers in front of a rock band, I would have to say it would be Alanis Morissette yeah. and her band because they were phenomenal and that record was pitch perfect '90s alternative rock. Yeah, like whatever you want to call it because it was so popular, you could call it pop, you could call it whatever. It was alternative rock as far as I'm concerned, and she was the spokeswoman for that that era and I think I think it's the best album the covers that I've heard of um, uh, You Ought to Know by, by more by heavier bands by metal bands have been good so it's, yeah. it's definitely one that could translate very well into being a heavier act um, she had a lot of angst she was but, a very angry person but I, I feel like after that point her music got a little bit softer yeah you know, the thing so. is I was okay with that though no. like I, I did listen to a lot of her stuff afterwards like there's um, a one particular album called Feast for Scraps that was really good. It had some heavier stuff in it too. I wouldn't say heavy, but like more rock oriented stuff, not just like, you know, her acoustic stuff or anything like that. But I just think that she was a very good singer and like just her presence on the album as being a 19 year old woman, just kind of owning it as a, as a leader of a rock band, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, she is God after all. So. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You can't listen to her talk. You can only listen to her sing. It's like it's like Kevin Smith said: if God exists, then she is Canadian. So, <laughs> um, I had put in the thing, extra thing in the script here um, that had said. Sorry, I got, I got to pull it back up. Well, if you, I don't know if you guys have the script up or not. I, 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 well, I, there was. We're gonna kind of condense it into the next, into the same part. Uh, it's band songs, album that you hated when first released, but have grown to love. Um, so I'm going to kind of include it in a similar way. Um, I now have a great respect for the song Live in La Vida Loca. <laughs> I actually really like that song. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it was a combination of hearing um, uh, Leo from Frog Leap Studios do the metal version of it. Yeah. And then right after hearing the original version and going, wow, this song isn't as bad as I remembered being. There's so much production in that song. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really enjoyable song. Yeah. I hated it at the time because obviously it's everywhere. It's in your face and everyone loves it. And it's just like, oh, fuck off. Now I can actually appreciate it for what it is. And it's a really good, enjoyable song. A song, like, if we're going to stick with that and if we're going to stick with Ricky Martin, a song that got ruined by pop culture was She Bangs. Mm. I genuinely liked that song when it came out. I blame William Hung. That's exactly what I blame him. Because you can't think of it without thinking of that stupid American Idol clip. Oh, and, and, and you know what? With with William Hung, did I did I ever tell you that we played that album when I worked at Tower? Yeah. Like, on repeat? Yeah. Uh, Dude, that sounds awful. I, no, I, be, well, you know, you, you, were, you were young. You hated yourself. I didn't play it. I didn't <laughs> want to play that shit. Fuck that. But like we did manage to sell it because like like someone's like oh yeah you know what just just little put this little display up there put a couple copies of the album in there no one's yeah. gonna buy it people fucking bought that album yeah. um, legit one of my favorite albums of all time Smash Mouth's first album 
Wow. Somebody, yeah. somebody. Nope. Somebody. One before that. Oh. The one with Walking on the Sun on oh. it. And Nervous in the Alley. And Push. And uh, Heave Ho. The, their first album was a legit, really fun, really funny Sky album. That had a lot of really good songwriting in it. Mm-hmm. And it is completely overshadowed by everything they did after that. Everything they did after that is really, really... It's basically like somebody went up to them and was like, here's a million dollars, change absolutely everything that makes you good, and they wrote All-Star. And I will tell you right now that Smash Mouth's Fushu Mang is one of the first albums that I heard from them. I don't remember why I first listened to it, but it's genuinely great, and I recommend it to everybody. And, you know, when you when you say the word Smash Mouth, you think of the band now. It's like, ah, oh, they were really huge because of that fucking Shrek soundtrack, and now they're playing free shows in Massapequa, which is true. They did that last year. They played in Massapequa Park for free. And all I keep thinking to myself is, man, Fushu Mang was so great. And then everything else. <laughs> <laughs> There's an album I absolutely hated when I first listened to it, but, you know, grew to love. It was Avenged Sevenfold, City of Evil. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, like, uh... when I, I remember when I, when I first heard that content, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. I still no, hate, I yeah. still hate Bad Country. I still. Well, thing is, the thing is, then I was like, all right, well, maybe it's one song. It's a single. Then the rest of the album sounded like it was all about M. Shadow's vocals. Is what the problem was. Yeah, I think that that came around the similar time as when I gave you a copy of The Human Equation, and you were dismayed. <laughs> <laughs> dismayed was probably the the, the least of the, the terms I can use. I was just upset yeah like i would like i remember we were, i think we were, we were headed to to play a show with my band and we were listening to it in separate cars and we just got out of the car like nah man nah <laughs> like what the fuck did that band do but of course i grew to love it because it, it, it was coming to the realization that you know there was a vocal change for a reason yeah. yeah and then when you give it the honest listen you know without without thinking of the previous record he's like oh okay I think there's a couple bands where that's the case where it's like you you had a you're not my real dad situation <laughs> where you're just like I I don't know I don't care how good you are you're still a replacement I hate you <laughs> and then you come back and you just go like Ripper I'm sorry <laughs> Jugulator wasn't bad. <laughs> and then when you do it a few years later when he's with Ice Earth, you're like yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if actually, it, for me, that was my first exposure to Iced Earth. With with him at the front. With him at the front, mm-hmm. I never knew. I listened to Iced Earth before he was in the band, and then I got a culture shock when everybody's like, "Yeah, but listen to what they used to sound like." I mean, my first exposure was My Own Savior. I love that song. So <laughs> that's the first yeah. song that I heard with anybody else singing, oh, and well. I was like, "Okay, this is different." Well, this son of a bitch over here. Told me to download it. This is when I was I was living at Stony Brook at the time. You know, yeah. I spent most of my time high as shit on LimeWire. Oh my god! This is a guy who sat there and, and gave me shit for for getting Beatles albums for uh, for like Christmas a few years, and then comes back from college with an entire fucking hard drive filled with Beatles songs. <laughs> 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 That's what happens when you spend like ninety percent of your time smoking pot. Anyway. Um, he got me to download 
my own savior. And after that, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, this... It was right around the time that I think Horror Show came out. Yeah, it was just before it. Because, yeah. wow. because um, a lot of my, my introduction to Iced Earth and Blind Guardian in particular were through mp3.com, which I highly doubt is a thing still. No. But it was kind of like how Reverb Nation works. Yeah. It's an introduction to a band, and they let you download a track or two. And it was My Own Savior, I think Melancholy, and um, it's not Burning Times. Pure Evil? No, no, it's from the same album. It's all from, from um, Something, Something Wicked. wicked. Um, um, Melancholy, My Own Savior, and then uh, the short track, the one that like, is a solid punch in the face. I can't remember. I can't even think of it right yeah. now. Um, but three tracks. And then with Blind Guardian, it was Time What Is Time and the Bard song. Wow. From... Oh, dear God. So, like, those those tracks were on repeat. Because, um, you know, again, this is, like, in the midst of Napster, but Napster being taken down, LimeWire being a shady bunch of shit. And you're finding your music however you can. And so those two, um, there was a website I found that was, like, all about um, uh, album-oriented rock. And, like, that's how I got my first exposure to Falconer. There were demos of their, of their early stuff on there. Yeah. So, like, this is me trying to find these things and, and exploring from there. So. Well, sometimes when you... I remember because, like, like everybody else my age, I destroyed a computer, too, uh, with LimeWire. <laughs> and uh, I used to just, like, look up songs that I liked and see if other people did them. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got exposed to bands like Crematory... And, like, uh, I think the first thing that I ever heard from uh, bands like, uh, like, like, the first thing I ever heard from Disturbed was their version of Shout. You didn't even hear them on the radio or anything? I did hear, I did hear them, but I didn't know it was them. Mm -hmm. Like, that sort of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, What was I going to say? I forgot. I had something, though. So you're going to cut this out in post, right? Yes, I will. I'll, I'll do like a little fade thing. What the hell's post? <laughs> <I> keep flailing. <laughs> nah, I had I had one or two more, but I, I'm, I'm kind of forgetting them. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about unironically liking something, always like kind of coming in the middle of the career there. Um, I, I like Vanilla Ice. Like, yeah? Yeah, like unironically, I, I enjoy some of his stuff. Like his, his time as a actual rapper you know like to the extreme and whatnot yeah. like, it's really really kind of goofy now it's like, yeah like, like goofy levels of like bad that's one way of putting it yeah yeah um it's not it's definitely not something that you'd want to blast but like yeah. you know it's, it's not absolutely atrocious terrible um but like when he when he did um when he tried to do like you know the gangster rap type stuff it's it's still enjoyable not phenomenal but i still get an enjoyment out of it and when he did metal stuff it wasn't again it wasn't terrible he just trying things out it's not stupendous stuff he does have a lot of good guests on the albums uh billy milano from sod so stuff like that but i i I enjoy it i would like to as a comparison uh say that i feel the same way about vanilla ice's metal stuff as I do about Jamie Josta's solo album, which is you can have all the great guests that you want on there, but if the songwriting is terrible, the album's going to suck. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be... You, you, I, 
he's not going to release an album ever and have me go like this is going to be top notch like six stars everything's great about this like I would change nothing this is going to be the thing that I hold up as the standard of music right but there's just something about it that I actually can sit down listen to and enjoy despite all of its cheesiness well, there you go so I think it's I yeah. think I like it so. alright well if we're if we're gonna be completely open about our musical tastes I'm a parrot head but alright yeah yeah well we well kind of knew that yeah so I've been I'm the only guy at a Jimmy Buffett show playing Pantera songs so in, in, the, in the tailgate so it's kind of funny I can see that though so no, it's it's fun. Everyone's sitting there sipping their margaritas, looking at you like giving side eye. Like. Yeah. No, actually, like because like here's the thing about Jimmy Buffett fans, they don't just like Jimmy Buffett. Like, they really like getting drunk in a parking lot, and they kind of like Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just the reason that they're there. He's he the reason drunk. why they're there, and he he has in his contracts that that his fans have to be able to do tailgates however they want, or he won't perform. Which I think is the coolest thing. Yeah. And I have never gone to a tailgate of his where I have had a bad time. Even when it is pouring rain, True. I have enjoyed myself to the fullest. Gotta wrap up. Okay. All right, so I think we're going to call it there. Um, I don't have the clip for the, uh, the Warrior Needs Food, unfortunately. Fix it in post! <laughs> Save it for the explosions reel! What's post? <laughs> Save it for the explosions reel. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, So I think we're just going to call it there. Pat, thank you for coming in and flying in and spending spending your money to to get tacos. Oh, and spend some time with you people. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You 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 are secondary to the tacos. Remember that. That is that is correct. I will I will support that statement (laughs) every single time. You said the words breakfast tacos, and I don't think I've ever booked a flight faster. Yeah, but the thing is, he said that two years ago. <laughs> I didn't believe him. <laughs> I had to send photographic evidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can look forward to hearing um, last week's show of the radio show, probably in the next couple of hours. Actually, from by the time this is posted, it'll probably be up to It will be uploaded, yes. Um, you can go back to listening to Pat on the radio show the week after this, because you're not doing the show the night you come home. Right. We so. will be back... Um... The week after, and we are uh, possibly having an interview with Galactic Cowboys as well. Yes, I know, right? Oh, dude, <laughs> are you not flying to New York for that? How is that even a thing? Yeah, um, I know. I, I said I would drive to to Houston for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Why is this the way it is? <laughs> it shouldn't be. <laughs> do, I have that, do I have that clip on here? Oh, do I don't. <laughs> I have a clip of a guy going, why is this the way it is? It shouldn't be. (laughs) Um, But you can look forward to hearing uh, the next episode of the podcast in two weeks. Uh, We are actively recording uh, more recreational warfare every other week now, uh, starting off with Lego Marvel Super Heroes, which has been a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Because we we are figuring out how to play the game at this point. Uh, We're figuring out a little bit faster. Since I since we finished Lord of the Rings, yeah. and obviously in the in the video that's going to accompany this, you can see that I I'm wearing our Shred Shack T-shirt, which is now available on Zazzle.com/slash/ShredShack. Go buy our shirt, and you guys are wearing the prototypes. We're that wearing the prototypes. Out. You cannot buy those shirts. We do not want to get a cease and desist. 
<laughs> we don't want. We do not want to get a super kick with the cease and desist. We're not young buck. We're not in young buck territory. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you're bullet club, you bullet club for life, except for AJ Styles. Except for AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And this is Pat Gassner. Or Pete, <laughs> depending on the mood. And um, keep it heavy, folks.